Welcome on into the Baseball Insiders. Hope your Memorial Day weekend was fantastic. Mine was honestly great. I met Paul O'Neill and drank his beer. He brewed a beer and released it to Westchester. Uh, Wolf and Warrior Brewing. Not a sponsor, but they're great. I had a great weekend, and we hope you all did too. Uh, we're talking baseball, of course, as always. Plenty of news to get to, as well as where teams stand after this pretty important Memorial Day checkpoint. I always like when people do things I know I know, the, the like Peter King business. So I'm going to rattle off some MLB things we know after passing this pretty important weekend of baseball. Plus, an important Twins prospect comes back. The Astros social team goes too far, and Aaron Hicks, might be finding a new home. I'm going to do as many free ads as I want, obviously, a burner. To take us through this new universe where we give free promo to folks who didn't ask for it is Fanside. It's MLB insider Robert Murray. How you doing, man? Hope you had a good weekend. Yeah, the weekend was a good one. It's good to be back. I missed the show yesterday. It was just like there was a part of me on a Monday afternoon that was just missing the show. So it's good to be here with you only 24 hours later. Uh, very unusual uh, weekend uh, It's on my end, but a good weekend nonetheless. Adam Weiner, how are you doing good, sir? I'm doing good. I'll actually, I don't even know why. I, I led with the Paul O'Neill thing because it was a baseball adjacent story. But this weekend was three days long. I went to Margaritaville in Times Square Ooh. twice. 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 Why twice? I went on Saturday. I was doing a, I was at a local brewery and a friend said, why don't we just go to Margaritaville? It's supposedly closing in mid-July. So we wanted to go to have a laugh. It was a great time. I put it on Instagram and another friend said, why are you at Margaritaville? Why didn't you take me? Can we go again tomorrow? And I said, yes, we can. And I went Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good weekend to me. The Margaritaville is a staple in the Murray family. My dad is a huge fan, especially of their nachos. I mean, their nachos are incredible. Um, so I, I can't fault you one bit, Adam. I would do. The, I can't believe you didn't invite me. Maybe I get you to go three times in a week. You then. got another month to get out here. I think there are 32 floors at this thing. Uh, there's a yeah, there's a pool on the sixth. There's a, a roof deck on the 31st. There's a tiki bar on the second. There's a, a statue of liberty that has a table in it that you can sit in. Uh, yeah, feel free to come back. But I think most importantly, it's enough free pub in the first couple minutes of this podcast. I have actual news and an ad read for MLB fans, and it's great news. If you have not yet signed up for DraftKings, you can take advantage of a limited time promo through this weekend for new users. And I know you're saying, but I don't live in those states that you were promoing last time. Well, you're right. You don't live in those states, but you're wrong. You can use this promo. All you have to do, no matter where you live, as long as you live in a state where you have access to DraftKings, you just have to deposit and place a $5 or more wager on any sport. You'll instantly get $150 added to your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, you'll still get the bonus. And trust me, First time better, you might need it if you're like me. I, I lost, so I needed the bonus. All you have to do is use the code BASEBALLINSIDER at sign up. That's BASEBALLINSIDER, no S, Baseball Insider singular. Robert is a baseball insider. I am a fan of his. Baseball Insider singular is the code. Not only gets you the bonus, but it also supports the podcast. If you haven't yet signed up for DraftKings, do us a solid. Sign up with the code BASEBALLINSIDER and place that first bet. Deals like this would keep our podcast going year-round, and truly, we mean that. The offer is only available to new customers who are 21+, plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. And before we get into the things that we definitely know, I think we should probably talk about Aaron Hicks off the jump. 
uh, because I know obviously a burner was hoping the Sox would go grab him. I was definitely hoping the Sox would not go grab him. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm a believer in Aaron Hicks uh, to the Baltimore Orioles, which is close and, and not finalized yet right now. That That's what we know, right? But the two sides are probably approaching a deal that makes some sense. Yeah, I would be really surprised if that deal did not get done, and it sounds like it's close. Um, oh, it actually just happened five minutes ago. Uh, major league contract. He's going to wear number 34 Cedric Mullins, to the IL team announced. And there we go. All that's, there's the announcement. Yeah. I, I had a pretty good indication that it was done because I had heard reliably that Aaron Hicks was actually with the team. Um, <laughs> it's hard so, to go back from that. It's hard to tell, tell him to leave the team. Yeah, exactly. So there was a, it was very likely that the deal was agreed to and just pending a physical and either side just wanted to, they just wanted to wait for the physical to be done before saying that it was agreed to, which makes total sense. That's all a lot of these negotiations go. Um, but when Cedric Mullins ended up hurting himself the other night, it's what a groin slash abductor strain. I want to say that's definitely what they've been saying this morning. And it's a tough one. It's, it's two very distinct things, but he went on the injured list technically with a right groin strain. Yeah. It's um, it, it provides outfield depth. It provides um, a bat who, Definitely knows the AL East. He's very familiar, having just been with the Yankees. Obviously, his production was not there in New York, but he seems like a guy who could really benefit from a change of scenery. We've seen it with Joey Gallo. We've seen it with others in the past. Like, New York is not for everybody. And when the Yankees ended up moving on from Hicks, he was actually in the middle of one of his best streaks uh, with a team, which is kind of unusual. But um, the Yankees still felt like it was the right move to part ways at that time. Um he drew interest from other teams, um, but the Orioles really established themselves as a team that could give him like immediate playing time with Mullins's injury. Uh, the two sides have been discussing it in recent days and ultimately ended up coming to terms today. Um, I don't necessarily know what his role is going to look like once Mullins returns, but in terms of like major league insurance, I think landing Hicks, especially at the price that they got him for, which is likely the league minimum um, is a, is a, it's certainly a good thing for that organization. Yeah, it, it's no shocker that he cleared waivers with an awful lot of money, uh, you know, available that's still on the Yankees books, which is why it was such an agonizing decision to get rid of him. Um, I wish him the best. And I think every fan, or at least most fans from the region do. I don't the Yankees do harbor ill will towards Aaron Hicks getting his power sapped by a really tough wrist sheath tear, which is sort of the main reason he has not looked like himself yep. since 2020 uh one of the best center fielders in baseball 2017 to 2019 and if you add 2020 it doesn't really drag the numbers down that much really good ball player um you know on the 40-man roster kyle stowers is the only guy that you've got in the minors right now who's an outfielder technically so they've got all this talent they got colton Kowser and kerstad and connor norby They've got all these guys, but they would need to make a 40-man move to make that possible. Obviously, they do make a 40-man move and add Hicks, so they could have, but you know they don't have that easy up and down uh, with all those top prospects. So Aaron Hicks it is, and he's going to get a, a 15, you know, a 10 to 20-day IL stint to prove himself. Maybe he moves on like Gary Sanchez has moved on several times from these these new teams, but uh, you could name a word – be tough to name a better spot than contender in the AL East for Aaron Hicks's second go around this year. No, exactly. And like, it's, it made sense on so many different fronts. And like, let's say that he ends up, like he ends up producing here and Mullins returns. 
having him as outfield insurance is a really good thing. Um, obviously, like that New York stint was not ideal whatsoever. He dealt with injuries, he dealt with struggles, and the media and the fans got on him pretty hardcore. Um, I think anybody could admit that. Even Hicks admitted it just because he was very vocal um, in his displeasure with his role there. Um, but I, I think it'll be a good thing for him. I think it'll be a good thing for the Orioles. And if, if, if it doesn't work out, then the Orioles can just move on and release him once um, once Mullins returns. It's There's no risk in this whatsoever. And there's obviously definitely upside here, considering what he ended up producing right before the Yankees ended up letting him go. Yeah, not slow. His speed has not been sapped. His he's been he's been strange in the outfield. I will not. I don't even think that's being subjective. I'll warn Orioles fans that the defense might not be all it's cracked up to be anymore. If the last time you watched him consistently was 2019, but patient always had a good eye. The power might not be there anymore. But again, this is a trial run. Uh, they'd rather go with an experience than the kids. And sure, we'll, we'll see. You, you couldn't ask for a better spot for him to bounce back. Um, in terms of the things that we know, uh, I think uh, we're fairly aligned on this. Um, I was interested in uh, something I read in the Athletics' latest uh, power rankings piece on the Los Angeles Dodgers because it actually counteracted something that I thought I knew. First of all, um, I think the Dodgers will nab a top pitcher at the trade line deadline that that's sort of what i what i feel like i can confidently say uh at this point in the season they're a good enough team i was betting against them before the season began i honestly thought the padres would sort of not only win that division but win it sort of comfortably that's looking less and less likely by the day the dodgers rotation has gavin stone who's a top prospect who's face planting they lose arias for a little while kershaw is kershaw you never know when they're going to lose him they're not getting bueller back they're not getting dustin may back for a long time but they're treading water, and I think they're doing more than treading water and convincing the front office that they have another move in their pocket. But again, from The Athletic, they only have one win loss this year. That's the best in MLB, measuring how often a pitcher exits the game in line for the win, only for the bullpen to blow it. It's only happened once. When they get good starts, they convert them into wins, even with an undermanned rotation they just need that one more guy to be fierce and come playoff time for me, unless I am way off here. I don't think you're way off at all. As always, you're very wise in your, in your baseball <laughs> takes. Um, I, I have mixed thoughts on that. I, so I think the Dodgers absolutely do um, add a starting pitcher at the trade deadline. Uh, I think they have to um, considering the struggles that they've had there and also the injuries, but they've been pretty hesitant to move some of their top prospects and they've been pretty adamant about, wanting to hold on to them um, just because they, they need them to produce at the major league level. I, I, I have heard um, them definitely like connected to starting pitchers in, in trade talks. I mean, like not, not that they're happening by any means, but like mm-hmm. certain guys that they can end up going after is what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's, it's strange um, because the, the, their rotation as it currently is right now, obviously it's battered and bruised. If it if they were healthy, I wonder how much longer they'd be able to hold on to a guy like Noah Syndergaard, who has really struggled this year after signing a one year contract. Um, that's something that I had wondered, but I don't know if they're necessarily in the position to do that. But um, I don't know. Like, were you talking like a guy maybe like Dylan Cease or like a Corbin Burns or or you thinking like a tier below that? 
I'm thinking a tier below that just okay. because that I don't sense. feel like, yeah, I don't feel like they can blow up their prospect core, but they have enough five to 10 range guys. And even the prospects we've watched them use, like, yeah. are they confident in Gavin Stone long-term or are they going to package Gavin Stone for someone they can start in a playoff game this year and next year? I don't know. No, exactly. And I also wondered if maybe a guy like Michael Bush could then be a part of a trade package. That was just, just a random thought by me, but you never know. Um, but yeah, I think the Dodgers are absolutely going to be in a position where they have to buy at the deadline. Obviously, like starting pitcher, shortstop, maybe. You know, like the, this is a okay, total hypothetical on my end. But we mm-hmm. saw them a couple of years ago trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. What would it take for them to get Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas? I mean, like you couldn't think of a better duo for the Dodgers than those two. Um, and I also can't. I still can't see the Brewers selling, especially after what happened last year. But. Um, it's something that randomly popped into my head over Memorial Day weekend. And it's like, it would probably cost the Dodgers a metric shit ton. Uh, probably something way too out of their comfort zone, but just a random thought by me. The Dodgers love, I, I can't get it out of my head too, how much they love and talk up their mid-tier pitching prospects. They love talking about Nick Nestrini and River Ryan. Like you just hear these names so often that I can't shake the idea that like, all right, so two of those guys who probably don't have rotation spots moving forward are going to get packaged for either a nice shortstop or a pitcher they can count on more this season. No, exactly. And, I mean, it's it gives them a lot of different flexibility for that organization. I, I think it, it's going to be really – like that entire division, obviously the Dodgers are going to be in more of a position where they can end up adding more meaningful pieces than the Padres just because of the farm system. But, like um, – I don't know. That, that's that's probably that's a very fascinating division. These next couple months is exactly how Andrew Freeman and AJ Preller attack this thing. Yeah, and uh, I think it it's important that we note that the Padres still factor in whether they win the the division or not. They are right in the thick of a playoff race. Uh, so are the Diamondbacks, who occupy the top wild card spot right now. So are the Giants, Crazy. who are in a wild card spot. And I think that's the, that's the second thing I know. Uh, no wild card teams have distinguished themselves yet for me. I'm not saying that the Diamondbacks are not going to make the postseason. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I was on the Diamondbacks early, but I don't think that's I don't think they're solidified in the number one spot. And I think the other two spots are completely up for grabs. And I think it's impressive that we've reached the end of May. The Marlins and Giants hold those wild card spots. The Marlins are so good in one run games, which is the textbook definition of a stat that is barely bankable. The Giants, kudos, great work to get back here. And they have some more prospect chips they can play, uh, but they certainly have not solidified a playoff spot yet. You've got the Padres lurking, the Phillies and Mets lurking right below. The Pirates are still in the mix, although they've pretty clearly fallen off from their heyday. I think I can confidently declare (laughs) that I have no idea what the NL wildcard picture looks like at the end of the year. Oh, me, me neither. If I like, obviously, we at the start of the season, we ended up saying that we uh, we thought we had a general idea of how this season would play out, and we couldn't have been more wrong. So if we try to like act like we knew what the NL wild card situation was going to look like, we'd be we'd probably end up looking like idiots. But I I will give you your kudos though for the Diamondbacks call. That was not something that I foresaw at all. Um, I think I may even like have like I don't know trash it a little bit for that on the podcast i can't remember the exact words i thought I you were gonna say off the podcast so it makes me feel better that you said on the podcast you're just like talking to your 
<laughs> your baseball friends being like, I go no, losing the Diamondbacks, clown. Like, no, I do that all the time. I mean, you should course. know that by now. Yeah, no. no, no, I'm just kidding. I could never trash Adam, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, that was not something that was on my bingo card at all. So that was a good shot by you. Um, but you're also right with the Pirates. Like, and I thought Jason Mackey the other day worded it really well. It's like um, the Pirates, they like, um, they ended up like there's this I don't know I can't remember the exact way that he phrased it but Jason Mackey wrote something the other day and I thought it was just a really well worded thing and the fact that they got basically all their wins out of the way early and now it's just like regressing to the mean really hard and um, it's I think that's not necessarily an indictment on um, on their like coaching staff or anything like that or their front office I think it's just the fact that they're still progressing toward. Um, what they're trying to become. Like, obviously they've taken a step forward this year for sure. They're kind of coming back down to reality at this point, but um, they're building a good thing there. And I don't think that should be necessarily like um, forgotten throughout this entire thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I was on the Pirates' bandwagon pretty hard throughout this early part of the year. Um, Kind of looking a little bit foolish now, uh, considering how much stock I bought into it. But um, I'm hoping they end up staying in this thing in the wildcard race, just because I think them being, relevant is good for baseball and is also really good for Pittsburgh and PNC park. Yeah. And, and I'm not counting them out by any means. And, and they have already, there's a reason you praise them so much is because they've already done a lot of impressing us this year, whether they're able to hold on to it or not. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be yeah, honest. Also, yeah. Like, so it's, I mean, no breaking news this time. So that's good. <laughs> um, but like in, in regards to the pirates, them um, coming back down a little bit may not be the worst thing in the world. Like they have some pretty enticing trade pieces. Um, I, th- I still think Rich Hill would be a good, like, I don't know, a good trade target for some teams. They have guys on one year deals um, and trading those pieces and trying to get like good prospects in return um, may help them out in the long run. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a glass half full kind of a thing, but that's something that somebody the other day reminded me about. And I thought, you know what, that's not necessarily a bad point. Yeah. And as obviously a burner noted, they are doing this without O'Neill Cruz. So they're like, this isn't even the version of the pirates that you'll see in the future before they add all these additional top prospects and trade ships. Um, yeah. Corbin Carroll leading my D backs sort of silently, uh, OPSing 872, like hitting 282. And I don't even think most people who picked him for rookie of the year probably are paying that much attention to him right now. He's been silently great. Um, who do you have right now? Um, in those three wild card spots, it's obviously far too early. And I wish we knew more at passing Memorial day. We don't, um, I'm going to give the D backs a spot and I'm going to stick with the preseason predictions and say that the Mets and the Phillies eventually make that climb. Uh, but it's tempting to plop the Padres in there. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I, man, this is tough because if you look at this thing, there's so many teams that are within three and a half to five games. Like I'm looking at the standings right now. I still think I would, I, I'm going to stick with my guns from the start of the regular season. I'm not going to try to overreact to the first like 54 games of the year. Yeah. Give me the Mets. Give me, well, the Phillies. I mean, because the Braves look like they're pretty pretty strong in the AL East or the NL East. I mean, uh, so Mets Phillies and give me the Padres. I'm going to go with those teams. I'm going to be basic. Um, but I'll tell you like that diamondbacks pick. Damn that. Uh, I mean, 31 and 23, Adam, um, what's it like having a crystal ball over there where you can predict the future? I mean, that that's, that's unbelievable. Well, Cause what did you get the over under at? 
That's what I was about to say. I got them at 75 and a half. So they just have to get that. Se- they don't even have to be over 500. They just have to 34 more wins. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, boy. I, I tip my cap to you, Adam. That is, that was, that was very well done. Obviously we can't con our chickens before they hatch, but um, it's starting to look pretty good. I'm thinking. Yeah. And I, I've got them in the playoffs too, and I'm definitely not counting that chicken, but if they, if the over does not hit, then I'll feel super weird about yeah, that would be that'd be a collapse for the ages. I mean, that'd be like what happened with the Brewers years ago, where they end up having the they just collapse at the end, and Ned Yost got fired. Um, yeah. that wasn't very that was a long time ago. Now that I think about that, or last uh, last night's Boston Celtics almost uh, the Miami Heat almost historically collapsed, and then uh, look, the Celtics actually collapsed pretty historically too. Bummer. Yeah. No, tough scenes, very tough scenes. I watched that last night with a buddy of mine who's uh, a Celtics fan, and morale was very high for Game Six. Game seven, not so much. Anthony, I'm very sorry. That's a back-to-back episodes I've given that guy a shout. So shout out to Anthony. I am sorry too. Um, no, I'm not. But uh, you seem like a great guy. <laughs> sure, I'm, I, I do apologize. I don't, I'm, tar- I'm not targeting you personally. Um, no, I don't think you are. Uh, well, I am because you just named him. And, but usually, <laughs> I wouldn't be. I'm sure he's a, sure he's a wonderful fellow. Yeah. Um, final thing, I'm pretty confident. I know. By the way, the Astros are back. Uh, the, the Astros offense has been sort of stuck in the mud a little bit, but, but Framber and, uh, Christian Javier and Hunter Brown is enough for me. The, the bullpen has still been great. Top five in baseball in terms of ERA Altuve hit a huge grand slam yesterday. And again, they ultimately lost, but I just think the Astros are the team to beat until they're not. And, uh, the, the Rays have done as much as they possibly could to dissuade me from thinking that so far this year, but I can't quit the Astros until they prove to me. I should not be favoring them in the American League. And the Rays over the last couple of weeks have progressed to the mean just a little bit, not all the way, but just just enough that makes me think, all right, now the Astros are 10 up. They're they're nipping at the heels of the Rangers. If they end up in the wild card round, then I'll change my tune a little bit. But until I can prove they're not going to win the ALS, I can't prove they're not going to win the AL. And I, I think they're still probably the best team in the American League. Oh, I absolutely think you're right. I think that's they've absolutely earned that because they've they've been the best team in the American League now for a few seasons. And I know some of that is is like tainted because uh, of the cheating scandal, but we, we're over that now. Um, and this team is extremely good and they're showing it right now, even when necessarily they're not fully healthy or clicking on all cylinders. And that just makes them a really dangerous team. But that kind of leads me into my next point. Yeah, is that the Rangers are. They look for real. Um, they really they look, do. They're, they're legit. Their roster is much more well-rounded than it was last year because pitching was a huge um, a huge issue for them last year. And obviously they went out and got Jacob deGrom and Nathan Eovaldi while doing the, um, the qualifying offer with Martin Perez and adding a Hall of Fame manager and Bruce Bochy. That was only going to be a good thing for that team. Like that was not another Tony La Russa situation. I remember having people – um, as soon as that hire happened, they were like the Rangers, they're finally going to realize their potential. And they praised Bochi for his, his baseball knowledge, obviously, but like his people skills and being able to like bring a team together and maximize it. And that's exactly what's happened here in Texas. Um, that hire was, was destined to be good. And now the, the Rangers are reaping their rewards for it. There's nothing like, uh, the the Rangers with runners in scoring position this year. It's some of the most absurd stuff I've ever seen in my life. They have the best batting average with risk, 333 
the most runs scored with two outs and risk 107 and a 933 OPS. It's the best in Major League Baseball this year, but of course it is because it's the second best ever behind the 2020 Padres who played 60 games. So there's never been a team like the Rangers in clutch situation through two months. Um, and they, I mean, the Padres, it was a two month season. So they've basically matched the best ever. Um, I'm wildly impressed by them. I just can't declare them the victor until the Astros have run their way out of this thing. Oh, I think that's exactly it. I think how it ends up playing out is the Astros win that division, but the Rangers really kind of establish themselves as a threat in the postseason. Maybe who knows, maybe they end up squaring off at some point, which I think that would be a really good series and obviously a burner. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you're drinking early today, um, but no, just kidding. That's, that's a hell of a bold prediction by you. Um, if that does happen, um, I will even, tw- I'll, I'll tweet a kudos to you. Um, even though I don't know what your name is, I will tweet a kudos to you for that early, that early prediction. Cause that would be, that'd be something. Yeah. Um, we'll tag you. We'll tweet this clip. Cause now we have it. Um, and, and again, May 30th, the rounding in a form bad loss yesterday. Mm-hmm. Good team, good hot streak. I, I still believe in the Houston Astros. I, I know you, uh, you've got one more thing that you, you know, or at least you think, you know, at this point, and it involves my old friend, Gary Sanchez. Tangentially. Yes, it does. The Padres, what we know is the Padres desperately need a catcher. They have been looking for a long-term catcher for ages. They thought they got it in Austin Nola. That did not, um, no, that, that did not work out at all. And they, they're just in need of, um, they're in, they're in need of someone long-term that can do the job because they've just been going through different catchers. They thought maybe Luis Campusano would end up being the guy, but that has not been the case. Um, I, the, the, I've mentioned this on different podcasts, and I'll say it again. AJ Prowler's got his work cut out for him and trying to figure out who that catcher is going to be because there's no real clear option uh, for them to acquire. Like Sean Murphy would have been perfect, but obviously he went to the Braves. Um and they're not going to move him. He's he's actually in the MVP discussion in the National mm-hmm. League. I mean, that's that's absolutely nuts. Like the, the Anthopoulos, good job. Um, that's our once an episode. Shout out to Alex Anthopoulos. It seems yes. like, um, but Preller's got his work cut out for him. And I just do not necessarily know how he's going to fix that hole. Anthopoulos is the Braves foundation of this podcast. Uh, and if you've got a little extra money that you want to donate to the Braves Foundation, uh, maybe consider signing up for DraftKings first. MLB fans, no matter where you are in the country, you can take advantage of our limited time promo through the weekend for new users. All you got to do is deposit and place your $5 or more wager on any sport. You'll instantly get $150 added to your account and bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, you'll still get the bonus. Just use the code BASEBALLINSIDER at sign up. The code is right on the screen. If you're here joining us live on YouTube, you see the code. If you're on the audio feed, you don't see the code. Uh, and I apologize for that unless you've typed it out on your own computer. But the code is Baseball Insider. It gets you the bonus. It helps support the podcast. So if you've not signed up for DraftKings, do us a solid. Now is the time. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present in legally gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. 
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Couple more quickies before we sign off. I just want to tip my cap to give the Royals credit for almost throwing a combined perfect game yesterday. In St. Louis, we have never seen a combined perfect game ever. We almost saw one that said... Get through the seventh inning with Mike Myers. Eighth inning's got to be a reliever, right? We we can't really be the, the first batter of the eighth inning gets a hit. There there is no reason for for him to still be continuing into the eighth. No, gosh, no. And he's a, he's a reliever. You got to take him out in that situation. And the fact that he ended up going that deep into the ball game, like shout out to him, and even bigger shout out to him for doing that against his former team, yes. where he made his major league debut in 2016. He pitched one in the third innings and allowed nine runs. And he has been talked about as just like, he's, I don't want to say like, there's been jokes made about like his tenure in St. Louis. And the fact that he went back to St. Louis and almost started a perfect game. Well, he, he was what, six outs away from like having a perfect game against his old team. Yeah. Like if that isn't the best kind of revenge, I don't know what is. So big shout out to Mike Mayers. Um, that's, I mean, that's, I, that's once again, I tip my cap. Yeah. And for, for like those Cardinals, the non Cardinals fans, like, yeah, he's almost become shorthand for being like a tough debut and someone who was unable to shake that off. The Yankees have a guy named Chase Wright 
who's been largely forgotten. But in 2007, he came up and pitched a Sunday night game at Fenway and gave up five straight home runs to the Red Sox. And so it's sort of been this never ending thing of just like, all right, no, like whoever this is can't be worse than Chase Wright. Like Yankee fans <laughs> sort of never forget that horrible start. And, and Mayors in St. Louis is one of those. And it's very, it's depressing. It's sad. It's unfortunate. He's been unable to shake that solid couple of years with the Angels now in KC. Um, but he's a, he's a reliever by trade. Six innings and 60 or so pitches. You got to take him out of that game. You've already, he's more than emptied the tank. He's had the moment. And that's got to be it. You got to have a high leverage guy in there in the eighth. Bingo. No, I am in total agreement with that. And like, that's also just looking out for the player's long term health because one game in the grand scheme of things isn't isn't that big, especially this early on of the season. And they just they had to be careful. It was the right move. Obviously, they didn't get the the perfect game, but like, you know what? That was still a really cool thing. Yeah. And and the fact that you're not, you know, it's already a combined perfect game. You already had somebody start the game that, that wasn't him. So it's not like you're even trying to there's it's not like somebody throwing one inning and then the next guy following with eight is some sacred thing that the manager's trying to preserve. It's you've already corrupted it. So just just take him out, be you know, learning, learning opportunity for next time and next time that unfortunately probably will not come. But great start nonetheless. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna use uh, I'm gonna use Royce Lewis debuting yesterday on the one-year anniversary of him coming off an ACL tear to talk about the Minnesota Twins. He had a three-run bomb. The Twins have their first place in the Central, barely over 500. they have lost 8 of 10 series in May. They have a plus 44 run differential that they are not taking advantage of. So I guess now it's just time to take a temperature check on the Twins. Like, Does adding a player like Lewis help them reach their ceiling? Is this a pivot point in their season, or are they more likely to give up the lead in the central that should be much larger, but they've got the the guardians who won the division last year and the Detroit tigers right on their heels. Talk about fascinating with that. The Detroit tigers. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. I don't think I was far. I don't think I was alone in that by a long shot. Like they, they just seem destined to be really bad this year. And the fact that they're only two games out in that division Shout out to AJ Hinch. Good job. That's that's a real like props to the manager. And obviously, Erod just went to the IL. Yeah, um, not great. Um, but you have you have the Tigers that are two games back, and then you have the Guardians who are not that far behind, but they've still been a, a relative disappointment this year, especially considering the season that they're coming off of. Um, I I'm still skeptical about the Tigers in that division. I I worry about the Guardians just because if I'm the Twins, I worry about the Guardians considering the talent that they have on that roster and also what they did last year. They can turn it on just, just like that, and they can end up being contending in that division. So the fact that they haven't been able to maximize that run differential and get it into like a big lead in that division, kind of concerning. But you know what? Um, I think they're a team who um, – at this point has established themselves as a favorite in that division. I think they're probably going to make additions at the trade deadline too, because uh, they've obviously been very aggressive last year. Obviously the trade for Tyler Malley did not work out. Yeah. Um, they were aggressive this off season and getting another starting pitcher in Pablo Lopez and giving up uh, who is like their best hitter uh, and sending them to the Miami Marlins. Um, I would expect them to be aggressive again, and that's going to make them just even more dangerous in that division. So I think, Right now, if you had to ask me, the Twins are are definitely the favorite, and I just don't know if the other teams are going to have enough to, to kind of unseat them there. 
Yeah, they had a moment yesterday when they give up the Altuve Grand Slam when if you're a Twins fan, you're sort of kicking yourself saying, I know we should be better than our record. And if we're going to keep losing games like this that feel like cinch wins late in the game, like that's how you stay closer to 500 than 10 or 15 games up. Um, but they they do ultimately fight back and win that game in extras. And maybe that one is the game that finally sets them on the right course. Also, shout out to Spencer Torkelson, by the way who had a, a brutal rookie year and whose numbers are still not where he needs them to be, but are finally sort of reaching respectability a little slower than Riley Green. But I checked the other day and I was impressed to see that he's starting to shake it off a little bit and still pretty young. No, absolutely. And like they got a lot of good things there in that organization. Like obviously you mentioned Torkelson and Riley Green. And I, I see you obviously a burner with, the Tigers possibly going crazy at the deadline with considering those moves, but that was made under a different management that was under Alavila. And now they have Scott Harris, who I think is much more level-headed and will be more calculated in the moves that he ends up making. So I would not necessarily view them as a team that's going to go nuts at the deadline. Maybe, maybe if they're in position, they add a, a piece or two, but I think if anything, they're probably going to end up standing, standing pat. And I don't know. I don't, I, kind of be tough to sell. Um, but maybe if the deal is too good to pass up, maybe that's when they take it. Um, there you go. That's why you turn into the baseball inside as you find out that they fired Alavila. And I'll tell you, Scott Harris, they're, in terms of people running that organization, AJ Hinch is manager. Scott Harris is as their main baseball operations guy. Mm-hmm. They're in very good hands. Harris has been widely like and highly regarded. Um by people both with the Cubs and the San Francisco Giants, the two organizations that he was uh, most prominent with. Like people there loved him. They thought he was brilliant, that he was ready for the job. Tigers having those both or both those guys um, where they're already seeing the benefits of that for sure. Yeah, big ups and also no resulting brain drain in San Francisco. So congratulations to everybody. Everybody wins. Uh, Tinfoil hat, Miggy getting into the ring as he retires. So you're saying they're going to trade him back to the Marlins? where he won his uh, only career rank. I like it. I'm interested. Uh, let's let's see it happen. Um, wag of the finger, number one obvious finger wag at whoever is running the Twitter account for the Houston Astros, the Astros social team. Uh, you beat up on the Oakland A's on Sunday. Congrats. Here's a party hat. Well done. Uh, they score 10 runs. They tweet 10 runs in front of tens of fans. There's just no need to do that. <laughs> there's just obviously no need to do that and they delete the tweet it takes way too long to delete the tweet uh not shocking they had to delete that tweet but who who is like that that's for the fan accounts to, to take aim at the fans in the stands in oakland to see an official team twitter account and an official uh, the, the twitter account of a team that has been a bully for like six or seven years now to bully the fans of Oakland instead of Oakland's ownership did make me go, give me a break. But also, like, of course, it was the Astros that did that. Yeah, and they got to have a better feel for that. I mean, that's Come just – that, that's a that's a real tough look. And, and if you're going to take a shot at the Oakland A's, take a shot at their ownership and John Fisher and don't do it at the fans. Because if, if I was an Oakland A's fan, I would not invest a single dollar into that team. That just – John Fisher and that organization has just not warranted it. And um, it's unfortunate the Astros did that. It made them once again look like the bully, and they've been looking like the bully for years. Um, that's just kicking a fan base like down when it's already down. And no no reason for that. 
I've heard people are pretty upset about that. Um, yeah, just a bad look all around. That's that's <laughs> I could, that's all I can really say at this point. The social team should just exist to be fun and like relatively inoffensive. And it's just hard to believe that they would step in it like that to the point where they're actually upsetting people. I, I also, I guess I got joy out of Jose Abreu sprinting around the bases and sliding into the dugout. First homer of the year. I get it. Again, put your party hats on. The, the A's are about to win 30 games in a season. So if you want to treat your A's road games at the Coliseum like a playground, you can do it. I'm all for chemistry building. But to take that victory lap on the fans felt out of bounds to me. And yeah. it obviously was because they deleted it. Yeah, and that's when you know it, it was a bad tweet when it gets deleted. That's I always enjoy those tweets um, whenever I see like, oh, this this person's about to get roasted. I saw that one as soon as it got tweeted. I'm like, that's a strong candidate to be deleted. <laughs> Lo and behold, um, it got deleted. Twitter does not disappoint. They got absolutely butchered for that too as they should uh, i don't know who the ashes of social media person is but come on man or yeah. what girl that was a uh, that was a top prospect to be deleted <laughs> like it didn't, yeah, it did yeah. not take a genius scout to look at that one and go i could see that being deleted in the future yeah that was yeah that was that was some of my best scouting right there because that <laughs> just oozed oozed being deleted and goodness me thank i'm i'm glad they did delete it because Goodness me, I, I could go on a long rant about that one, but man, that that upset some folks for sure. <laughs> Positively oozed deletion. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a boy. That's, that's that might be my first tattoo. It oozed deletion. There you go. I, as someone who's deleted tweets in the past, I mostly just delete them because I just don't. I don't want to read what people are are telling me because I know I've made a mistake. Right? I've had reactionary tweets about about Boston sports mostly. And people are in my replies being like, shut up, shut up. And I'm like, hey, you know what? They're probably right. I should have shut up and I'm not enjoying reading these. I can't imagine sending that one out to the world and thinking you're about to have a good time. But no, that, yeah, that, there was no way there was going to be a good time had after that one. Um, no way. No. Um, well, uh, before we wrap, uh, quick Shohei Otani update, just because I actually had this conversation with an Angels fan friend this weekend. Uh, he is worried they are A, going to trade him, or B, going to make a mistake by not trading him. I am confident. Look, that that's in the haze of getting swept by the Marlins, and it's easy to make reactionary judgment calls after that happens to you. I can't see them, sir. I can't see them trading Otani while they're in it. They're going to be in it all year. And guess what? No one's going to give you the package for Otani that you actually think you're going to get because no one's going to trade for him without the assurance he's re-signing. I told my friend, hard no, no chance. They're not even going to entertain it. I think they're more likely to be a playoff team than to trade Otani, and I feel like you are just going to tell me that also. But just to confirm, we're going to have to wait for that sweepstakes till the offseason, right? Confirmed. Yeah, I I would eat my own foot if they traded Shohei Otani when they're in con- playoff contention right now. Are they? They're not going to do that. They're going to try to win in what might be Otani's last season in uh, in Los Angeles. And you know what? The, I cannot see Artie Marino being the owner that moves Shohei Otani. And um, they like they obviously explored what the interest was like last trade deadline and quickly it was like it became clear that there was not going to be any real chance that he was going to be moved um it doesn't hurt to listen maybe they do that again but like you know what i would not get your hopes up that otani is going to be moved um and yes i did make that declaration last year but that was with my that was with my shoe this time i'm actually risking my foot yeah so um that that could come back to bite me 
Uh, that'd be, that'd be quite bad. Cause I enjoy, I, I like my feet, feet are, feet are good. Um, feet are huge. They're so important. <laughs> they are, they're crucial. Um, and, um, I, I just don't see that being the case where they, I, I, I just would not even entertain the idea of Shoyo Tani being moved. Cause I think that's just going to be a waste of everyone's time. No. And that declaration <laughs> oozes deletion a little bit. Um, yeah, does. yeah good. that's a one hell of a comment. Obviously a burner. Yeah. Holy smokes. That oozes deletion as well. Uh, not yes, quite. I, they're just not going to get a, a comparable package for Otani. No one wants to be the team that traded Otani. And getting him rings culture, I know. But getting him to the playoffs in, in L.A. is pretty important. So how about we just do that instead of trade him for six less talented versions of Shohei Otani? Like, why why bother? No, exactly. It's just it's not going to happen. If there was a time to trade him, it was last deadline because they would have gotten an absolute fortune for him. But, like, you know what? They missed it. They're not going to get as much in return because it's going to be a rental. Uh, boy, I think if if he was with a different team, I think he would have probably been moved last year. Um, yeah. I really do. Because we saw the Brewers do it with Josh Hader. Um, and they got – they could have probably gotten more in return. But they still got a pretty sizable haul. And they ended up trading their best prospect in their estuary Ruiz for William Contreras. So, I mean, that was a useful trade. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, – um, yeah, just I would not entertain a Shohei Otani trade. Let's. I'm just going to get that out of the way. No, it's entertaining, but we will not entertain it. That is it for this edition of the Baseball Insiders. We'll be right back here in two days' time. That's the benefit of the holiday weekend. And again, uh, right as we sign off, you can find us here uh, 3.30 Eastern, Mondays and Thursdays typically, but Tuesday, today, because we were off yesterday and joined the holiday. Uh, I was recuperating from going to Margaritaville. I did have the nachos on saturday uh you can get the audio version of the podcast on all of your favorite podcast feeds with the video right here 3 30 eastern on mondays and thursdays and emergency pods are a possibility bill simmons does an emergency pod when the celtics lose we do it when robert has to eat a foot uh so we'll keep uh keep that in mind as the summer drones on and the uh deadline comes closer just i gotta shout out liam Hendricks. he returned to the mound last night Revealed his cancer diagnosis like in the winter. Like it, it, this was such a quick turnaround. Uh, he not, he was confident he was going to beat it when he got the diagnosis. He said he was going to kick this thing's ass and he kicked its ass at a record setting pace. And and he was back last night to the point where I'm, you you Google Liam Hendricks and you get articles. When is he going to be closing for the White Sox? Chicago fans are already ready to see him back in the ninth inning. And he stepped back on the mound yesterday just a couple of months after a horrible day. He helped so many while they were suffering. He, he's been a pillar in that community for so long. His suffering was, you know, he, he was able to overcome it uh, due to the grit and determination he's long shown. And it, it was shorter than I, I bet even he anticipated, bucked the odds, beat it, came back yesterday. And I just had to give him one little tip of the cap. Um, that sees not a lot's gone right for the White Sox. That is a big time thumbs up and a huge congratulations. Yeah, that's as that's as big as it gets. Like that is the moment of the season is him coming out last night to a standing ovation, just the crowd going nuts. And like his entrance was pretty electric. I'm not going to lie. And I'm sure that had to have felt extremely good for him. And the fact that he, he had that diagnosis overcame it so, so fast and like, I, I saw his social media posts. I have Liam and I have mutual friends and you can hear updates throughout his recovery. He always maintained positivity and like he never lost that. And I, I gave him a ton of credit 
Um, and like last night for him, that had to have been super special and just a huge, huge shout out to Liam, huge shout out to his wife. Um, cause that was, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty strong moment last night. That, that was for sure. hundred percent. And if you haven't seen it, you should, uh, that's what baseball can do. Baseball can, can bring player movement. Uh, baseball can have, you know, last year's favorites slumping the off season champions struggling unexpected wildcard teams and of course the occasional extremely heartwarming story and that's what we hope to bring you on every episode of the baseball insiders and we hope you join us for the ride we'll be right back here on thursday afternoon uh i'm adam wander for robert murray thank you man for joining us as always you brought the goods today hey thank you man i appreciate you as always we'll see you what thursday see everybody on thursday same time same place uh different day and we'll bring the goods again. Take care, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.